Welcome to our Harvest Valor Men's Podcast. This is Pastor Mike Jonker here. We hope you all had a great Christmas and Happy New Year's Day. And if you were watching the Rose Bowl or the Sugar Bowl on January 1st, and you are a Michigan or Washington fan, you did. Two great games, and the Rose Parade was great as usual. It's great seeing people get together and just enjoy the day. And that B-2 Spirit Bomber, man, that thing is impressive. I'm glad it's on our side. So we have now officially began the new year 2024. What better way is there than to start the new year with a new resolve or a new resolution to read the Bible, to study the Bible, God's love letter and instruction manual for life. That's what we're going to do. You know, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, To study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And this year, we're going big into a big book, the big book of the Bible, which is Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. And in our harvest groups, our men and women's groups, our couples groups, as well as our Valor and Virtue podcasts, we're going to be going through Genesis. And another super exciting part of this is Pastor Greg is going to be teaching in Genesis on Sunday morning for the next few weeks as well. So please join us here at Harvest for our church services at 8, 10, and 12. You don't want to miss this. Genesis is the first book of the Bible. It is the book of beginnings. The title, Genesis, isn't about the car, although it is a nice car. It's about the beginning of all things we know. We all love it when we're at the beginning of something, when we say, I was there. My dad and mom grew up in the San Gabriel Valley in the 40s and 50s, and it was like happy days, rock and roll, cool cars, car hops. And in 1948, in Baldwin Park, the very first hamburger drive through in and out burger. They were there at the beginning, and now we're all there about once a week ordering the uh, double-double, no-spread, ketchup with mustard, grilled onions, and chopped chilies. Thank you very much. Uh, no, we love in and out But if you're a parent and you saw one of your kids being born, wow, that's amazing. You were there at the beginning. Now, maybe they have kids of their own now. But being at the beginning, we are celebrating 50 years here at Harvest. And Pastor Greg was 20 years old when he began to pastor at Harvest, and Harvest began and our first and only senior pastor. In 1973, I was 12 years old, and I remember seeing this abandoned church on this hill uh, come alive with young people and college and high school students, uh, none wearing their Sunday best, but jeans and hang tin shirts and Pendletons and Wallabies and Earth Shoes and Vans and Adidas. You know, they're all popular too. But uh, if you watch the movie Jesus Revolution, you'll get an idea of this. But Harvest has been the home church for thousands of people, and we have had people from Harvest go out and begin uh, new churches, too, all over the country. And through Harvest, since 1973, over a million people have made professions of faith in Jesus Christ. And it was cool to see the beginning. But Genesis is the book of beginnings. Verse 1 of Genesis says simply, and it declares this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Kind of a mic drop right there, right? The beginning of the universe, the beginning of space, the beginning of time, the beginning of matter, the beginning of our planet, our home, earth, and all that it contains, water, land, plants, birds, fish, animals, the beginning of the human race, man and woman, the beginning of family and food and freedom, and the beginning of sin, you know, paradise lost. Genesis is also the beginning of God's divine plan 
to rescue and redeem mankind from death and eternal destruction and damnation and to restore paradise lost. And we're going to be looking at the beginning of creation. We're going to be looking at Adam and Eve, at the first temptation and the fall. We're going to look at mankind's depravity, God's judgment, as well as Noah and the ark and the worldwide flood and God calling and choosing a man named Abram, whose name was changed to Abraham, to begin a family through whom he would bring his only begotten son, Jesus, to us so he could ultimately bring us to him. The book of Genesis is remarkable. It's exciting. It's genius. Of course, it's genius. It's God. And I'm glad we're going to be studying it because not only do we see of God's goodness and his power, we will see that virtually all of today's problems can be attributed to our own departure from the foundation and truths of our own beginnings. Man has been challenging gods since the book of Genesis. You know, in the last 100 years, man has been militantly trying to dismiss anything and everything that points to God, the creator, be it creation or our unique purpose as humans being made in the image of God, as well as morality and science and marriage and gender and truth. All of these vital truths are found in Genesis. So let me read Genesis 1 again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible, the first book, the first verse states, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, there's no explanation of anything other than the beginning. And in the beginning, there was God. God doesn't explain his existence to us. He just declares it. In the beginning, y'all, this is what I did. I created the heavens and the earth. The word for created is the word bara, which means to create something from nothing. You know, there really are only two options to believe here. In the beginning, there was God, or in the beginning, there was nothing. God or nothing. No, God or something, someone may say. No, that isn't logical. It's not scientific or even philosophically, it's not correct. Think about it. Something just can't begin to exist or come from nothing. If there was nothing, then where did something come from? Something doesn't come from nothing. I mean, even the word nothing is no thing, right? Nothing. In the legendary words of Maria in The Sound of Music, played by Julie Andrews, nothing comes from nothing, nothing ever could. Something can only come from something. And God says, I'm that something. I'm that someone. Some, of course, will say there's always been something and it exploded. There was something and it exploded and expanded. But where did that come from, that something? Where did that hydrogen and that oxygen and that nitrogen, where did that matter? Where did it come from? Oh, from nothing. No, that's not logical. That's not scientific. And then over thousands, no, millions, no, billions of years, nothing became something and then became alive and somehow and even creative. Ironically, the second law of thermodynamics says that things left to themselves become less complex, more disorganized. They break down. So man's theory, questionable and unproven, runs smack into what are known as proven laws. It's funny how people who don't accept God will say, I believe science until science points to God. Science is about theory and hypothesis and experimentation and replication. So often ideologies are supported with science that hasn't even been scientifically verified. Theories are called science when all they are are theories that haven't been verified or can't be scientifically 
verified. Science itself says that we live in a complex universe. The laws and conditions that must be present for there to be life and also sustainability. These are called anthropic principles. Science and math tell us the probabilities of this complex system indicate there is intelligence and design in our system. They all point to creative help, creative design, or a creator. I read a fascinating book by a theoretical physicist named Michio Kaku, and it was called The God Equation, and it delves into quantum physics and admitted theories like string theory that have fascinating but admittedly huge gaps. But these point to complex design, magnificent structures, and sequences that coexist that could explain the universe and life. A couple of good resources, if you're interested in reading, are one, A Case for the Creator by Lee Strobel. Another is Taking Back Astronomy by Jason Liesel. And Does God Believe an Atheist by John Blanchard. You know, our educational systems and science itself has spent a lot of time trying to look for other reasons for life and purpose and continue to take huge leaps of faith with our own ideas because they really have been trying to disprove God. Think how far they could go if they accepted that things that have design have a designer. You know, we stand on solid ground when we believe the Bible. In the beginning, in the beginning, God, the word Elohim, actually means more than one. There's already an indication of God being a trinity in the first verse of the Bible. God created the heavens and the earth, all of it. And if God created it all, then maybe he had a reason for creating it all. Well, you know what? The Bible tells us some of the reasons that God created the heavens and the earth, why he created us. In Revelation 4.11, it says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and by your pleasure they are created. God created the universe and us because he enjoys it and us. You know, in Psalms 8, David, the shepherd, the artist, the soldier, and the king— wrote, when I consider your heaven, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? You know, you think about David out in those shepherd's fields, probably by himself with a bunch of sheep looking up into the sky and seeing, oh, I think you could see like 5,000 stars with the naked eye. But looking up into the, the stars and just being blown away by the beauty of it all. And if we have get a chance and we get up, you know, in the mountains or in the desert and look at the stars, you know, it just, it takes your breath away. But the truth is, there's more than what we see. I mean, they tell us that there's billions of stars in our galaxy, which is amazing to think. What's even more amazing is there's billions of stars in our galaxy, but there's billions of galaxies. And we're not even the biggest galaxy. God's creation is huge. You know, God created light. He created the firmament, the heavens, the waters, time, land, plants, the stars, the moon, the sun fish and birds, animals and man. And then it says on the seventh day, he rested, not because he was tired, but because he was done. We believe this because the Bible teaches it. Pastor Greg has said, I don't believe the Bible because science says it's true. I believe the Bible because God says it's true. We live in a world where people are having identity crisis and God tells us our identity. We are created by God for his pleasure. God finished creation in six days, but you know what? It's cool to think about. He's still working in our lives. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10 that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that we might walk in them. 
He gives us our identity and our value. He gives us light and he gives us life. This is something that can bring us joy and purpose. You know, David said, what is man that you are mindful of him? God is always thinking about us. He's thinking about our good. He's thinking about our own godliness, about knowing us and about us knowing him. You know, in 2024, we need to believe and stand in who we are, not only as God's creation, but as his children and as his workmanship created with a purpose. You and I are going to find that more and more as we study his word, his revelation to us, our faith will grow and our purposes will be discovered. You are not some living random happenstance. Look at the glory of God's plan. That includes you and me. And in 360 days or so, well, some of us may be in heaven. Some of us may be here fighting the good fight, working out what God is working in. But doesn't he say that? He works in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. It'll be great to look back and look up into the stars and say, how excellent is your name in all the earth? Maybe this year you're committed to reading God's word and finding out what God has for you. And we want to help you here at Harvest do that. We want to help you Obviously, when you're here on Sunday mornings or if you come to Harvest Groups, we have group leaders and we have a bunch of men that are going through this book of Genesis. So we all want to go through it together. And we're going to learn a lot and we're going to grow a lot. So let me close in prayer and just pray that 2024 will be a year we all grow closer to our Lord and Savior and Creator, Jesus Christ. Lord, we just come before you and we thank you for your love for us. And we thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. And we're not just a random act of some, you know, some explosion, Lord, but you've actually put thought and love into creating us. And also you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. And we pray that this year we would grow even more to know what that plan is as we gather together, as we read the Bible, as we pray, and as we seek you. And uh, we thank you for your love for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.